Hi, I'm Tashi from Paint by Tashi Jade Bell on Instagram. Hi, I'm Yonja from Germavolt. And this is the Beauty Business Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the business and legal aspects of the beauty and fashion industry. Yes, we will be talking about industry trends and issues, and you will also hear interviews from brand founders and other industry experts. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the episode. today's episode, we're actually recording on location at the offices of COTRA, which stands for Korea Trade Investment Promotion Agency. And I have Yonja here with me. Hi, everyone. Welcome Hi. back. Welcome back. And we have the lovely Grace Jin. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's Grace Jin, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name that I use for my company is Grace because yeah. that's easier for pretty much everyone. Yeah. And my real name is Sanyang. Sanyang? Yeah. Sanyang. I, like I like it. It sounds like Sunny. Yeah, it's like Sanyang. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what does, it, what does it mean? Um. So based on Chinese characters that my parents picked, uh, pick for me. Um, yeah. It means uh, goodness forever. Oh, oh wow! What a beautiful name. That's gorgeous. I don't know if I'm, you know, living up to that name, <laughs> but yeah, that that's what my name means. In I Korean. love it. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much, Th- and thank you so much for having us in the office today. It's such a honor for us to be here Absolutely. and to actually see the place and, and, and especially just to get the opportunity to speak to you for our audiences mm. thank you so much oh thank you for having me it's a very exciting and honorable experience for me as well and also it is a good opportunity for my company Kotra um, yeah. to you know get its name out there in Australia yeah <laughs> how long has Kotra been here um I have to brush up on my history, you know, like <laughs> knowledge, but um, it was established in nineteen in the nineteen sixties. So okay, the wow. number, the exact numbers, I, like my memory on it is a bit hazy, but I think it was established in nineteen sixty four. Wow! And it's been in Australia since nineteen sixty four. So That's a we've, long time. we've had a lot of good trade relationships with Korea. Yeah, so for such a long time. yeah, yeah, we have a bilateral diplo- uh, you know, diplomatic yeah. ties. Mm. Yeah, for sixteen years trade now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and that's going well for us, and definitely for Yonja. Yes, <laughs> I can't complain. It works yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, because Yonja herself has a business called Dermavolt, um, that sells and specializes in specially curated uh, Korean skincare. So, Grace, we have some questions for you. All right. So, just quickly, Grace, did you grow up in Korea or Australia? Like, what's your background? Born and raised in Korea. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, when did you come to Australia? Uh, I first came to Australia back in 2008. Okay. For the first time ever. Yeah. Um, um, as a, like, a working holiday maker. Yeah. yeah. And then you loved it? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, yeah I had a blast. <laughs> yeah. So did you come out by yourself? Yes, yeah. all by myself. It oh, was like wow. um, really interesting because, well, I guess I always had an itch, you know, like had itch of it. I wanted to travel around the world and yeah. stuff. And then um, 
a funny story because I didn't really know much about Australia back then. Yes, yes. And Australia was pretty much the you know the only country that I could get the longest visa in oh, okay. a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I was like, Australia it is. So oh, wow. I came here and the world down under. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little did I know what was going to happen to me since that, you know, yeah, after that. Yeah. But yeah. so I actually came with no one yeah. that I knew here. Yes. Um, and is, was that the first time you were traveling outside of Korea as well by yourself? Uh, first English-speaking country, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had been in Japan before, but yeah. pretty much like, you know, my very first experience living overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so when you came out and then went back, you didn't and like go to America or UK to compare it to anywhere else? You were like so set on like Australia is going to be your new home? Um, yeah, I guess like, I mean, I really liked my experience here and everyone that I met. Um, and also, I met my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't have much here. choice here. Oh, wow. I, while I was here, um, I met my husband, now husband. Yeah, then yeah. Boyfriend. Um, and we, you know, been together ever since. So, um, yeah, that's how. Australia so you were meant to come out here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so what happened? You ended up going back home and then telling your family that you're going to move to Australia. You found a guy. <laughs> so I didn't move to Australia permanently um, straight away. Yeah. Like so, uh, my visa ran out after one year because mm-hmm. I didn't do all the other, you know, sort of requirements. Yeah. Um, to extend my visa, so I went back. Uh, and I actually didn't expect that I would actually, you know, keep dating this guy. Oh, okay. Um, so you guys did the long distance. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Is he um, Korean or Australian? He's very much white Australian. Oh, okay, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> like definition of, you know, like. True Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I lived in Korea for a while mm-hmm. and, um my partner, you know, decided to actually come to Korea to be with me. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so he t- taught English in Korea. Okay. And I also taught English in Korea yeah, as well. So yeah. we uh, lived in Korea for a while. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 2017, uh, we decided to move back to Australia together. Oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. No, <laughs> thank so you. So can he speak Korean? He must have picked it up when he yeah, was teaching actually. in Korea. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, just like, you know, to get by. Yeah. Um, so one of the few expressions that he can really pull off yeah. are, um, you know, because, you know, back in the days he smoked. So he's like, give me an ashtray, please. please. Oh, <laughs> and okay. then um, <laughs> give me a glass of beer, please. You know, like he nailed <laughs> all those the essential yeah, expressions. <laughs> um, How do you say, give me a, a glass of beer? That, that, would, that would be a handy one. <laughs> so in Korea, we have like, instead of pint, we say 500cc. Oh, okay. So oh. usually we say, obek juseyo. Ubek yeah, Ubek means 500. Oh, um, Chuseyo means like, please give Bek, it. Chuseo. Yeah, so Ubek Chuseyo means like, Ubek I would like chuseo. to have a yeah. Yeah, pint of beer. Okay, please. that's committed to memory Ubek now. Chuseo. We're all set to go to Korea now. Ubek 
So, Grace, tell us about your role here at Cotra and how it all came about. And So, my job title is um, trade consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job actually involves a lot of, like, a wide range of work. But um, I, I guess my primary role is to introduce Korean companies to Australian businesses. Mm-hmm and all the other work you know that is involved in that process yeah yeah which i know firsthand because that's (laughs) (laughs) what we do because grace introduces companies to me so uh, could you expand on that a little bit so like day to day Mm -hmm. what kind of things do you do um, so uh, among all the other roles, um, I'm especially I especially belong to a team called Chisawa, which is yeah, uh, which means it's really hard to actually translate that correctly yeah. into English. But yeah. basically, I work as like a first um, line of call mm-hmm. in Australia for you know. Um, this like representing all these Korean companies. Oh wow! So okay. um, these companies specifically um, pay a little bit of money to mm-hmm. Kotra, the head office, mm-hmm. to be able to use me as mm-hmm. the first, you know, um, line of contact in okay. Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes uh, work as a salesperson to promote their, you know, businesses in Australia. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I work as their um, representative um so to speak and mm-hmm. i you know if there's any sort of conflict uh, between the australian business and the korean manufacturer oh, okay. i mm-hmm. try to negotiate you know like you know sort of make things work mm-hmm. again yeah wow. that's so amazing do these businesses like so obviously it sounds like a like where they have like an affiliation pro like you guys would have an affiliation program and it's like a membership so they would pay a certain amount and that's the services that they would get with Kotra, right? Yeah. So do they have like different packages like with what you just said? Like if they just want a simple intro, they would pay X amount or if they wanted something a bit more, they would pay a different amount? Is that the way it would work? Um, yes. Yeah. So we have many different programs for Korean mm. companies uh, and we are designed to promote um, small and medium enterprises mm-hmm. specifically because yeah. that's what the government, you know, is, that's the reason so why medium. the government mm. yeah, established Kotra in the first place. Okay. So um, we actually have our own membership as you say mm. so korean companies elect to choose you know elect to be a member of kotra mm-hmm. and then their information would be on our database mm-hmm. right mm. and um, they don't have to pay money all the time mm-hmm. it's just that if you know maybe opportunities come along and they want to specifically use us or like you know use our service mm. uh, yes. it could be as small as just um, asking us to promote their brands in Australia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to like something much bigger, like oh, talking to these big, you know, um, distribution channels for us or uh, help us in the whole import process and mm-hmm. everything. So our fees are uh, usually very different, you know, mm. depending on what we have to do for that business. Yeah. But it is heavily subsidized by local government as well. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And also... Like Australian know, local government? No, in Korea. Korean yeah, local so, government. Uh, yeah, so basically, because yeah. we are, you know, government-owned, mm-hmm. um, 
although we are a corporation uh, and we ask, you know, sort of like a little fees for our services, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, our businesses have like the programs can be um, accessed on our website. So the companies, Korean companies can go on the website and mm-hmm. see what they need and, you know, decide to maybe buy that service yeah and is it like um where the businesses over in korea will find you and want they'll get in touch and is it vice versa as well where you know you guys might find a really cool product over there where you might reach out to the brand and see if they want to come and um export to australia or yeah Mm, yeah, sometimes. So um, some part, of, like if I have, you know, uh, some time, I always want to look out for many good products. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it is always nice to have good products bring here. Yeah. Um, so um, I sometimes go on to like, you know, some directory, like business directories and see what kind of new products are out there. Yeah. Um, and if I think, I can think of, some buyers yeah. that who would be interested in those products I introduce the products to the buyers as well yeah wow do you specialize in any particular industry or is it just across the board all Korean products um, Korean products as well they're well known for just electronics well known for the beauty products well known for k-pop well known for fashion um, do you specialize in any area um yeah so I am, I don't know, it's always a little bit embarrassing to say that I am specialized, you know, Uh, based on what I actually know about the industry. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, my specialty at Kocha at least is um, cosmetics and skincare products. Uh, having said that, I also, you know, work with a lot of um, heavy industry businesses. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. Okay. Like what, what do these uh, heavy industries do? Is it like trucks and construction gear? or That, uh, you know, they are a part of it, um, yeah. but not mine really. But yeah. um, so far I have helped a uh, scaffolding manufacturer. Mm. Oh, okay. So wow. I've gone to a lot of different work sites oh, wow. and see, yeah. you know, differences between oh, like so scaffolding systems. <laughs> yeah, and the neon vest and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the way that um, yeah. And oh, did you? Yeah. Um, and also, I work with like um, a little fitting and like valve companies mm. that can be used like in, little parts and yeah, yeah like petrochemical industries or mm. like hydrogen industries yeah. oh wow. okay that's so cool mm. so how did you come to working at Kotra? how did that all come about uh serendipity <laughs> uh, yeah it was i was actually studying um mm-hmm. at a uni doing my master's in mm-hmm. australia and one of my class uh, classmates actually started working for Kotra. Oh, okay. And he said, oh, we have like a part-time mm. position available. Yeah. Because um, I was still at, at uni. Mm. He's like, oh, would you be interested in working for us like temporarily, you know, for a short time? Yeah. And I said, oh, I wouldn't say no to money. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one would say no to money. Especially, especially 
especially yeah, uni students. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially yeah, yeah. So and also, and also back then I was yeah. like not a permanent resident yet, mm. so I was paying international <laughs> student fees oh, okay. upfront. Um, oh wow! So yeah, of course, you know every penny counts. Yes. Um, so I I didn't say no, of course, mm. and I started working here as like a support, you know, like general supporting yeah. position. Yeah. Uh, and my job was um, sort of connect, you know, like what that's exactly what I do now, but um, to connect the Korean businesses to the Australian counterparts mm-hmm. and especially because there was a group of companies that would like to visit Australia, mm-hmm. I had okay. to find so um, like a trade delegation. Yeah. So I had to find um, Australian businesses who would like to meet up meet with, them, with them, yeah, for a group, you know, mm. like sorry, sorry for a meeting. Yeah, mm. that's what I did, and it was very hard and exciting at the mm. same time. Yes. And after my time was done, I was offered a regular, like you know, um, just regular position, position. yeah, yeah. Uh, full time position, and I was like, yeah, I think I can, yeah, yeah make a living out of that yeah. or like I can get used to it so just curious so what was the master's that you were studying for um translation and interpreting studies oh wow <laughs> okay that that would be very helpful in your role here yeah it is actually um because I, like just speaking I guess like Korean every day is very different from speaking business language isn't it very different, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially because, uh, like, you know, if you just work as an interpreter yeah. or a translator, yeah. you'll uh, what you can do uh, in the middle is very limited. Mm. Yes. One, you don't have, like, a lot of information in that area. And yes. two, your yes. understanding of the parties involved is very, you know, also limited. Mm. Um, but... Because I know the backgrounds, I know the parties involved. Mm. It, uh, when I, you know, interpreted or translate for some Australian and Korean companies, mm. um, I can be more involved in that process. Yes. yes. So, for example, I was interpreting for this Korean hydrogen company mm. um, to pitch to a big um, Australian mm. business, mm. and um, the Korean company was a bit shy mm. and was mm. not able to you know present what they've got Mm-mm. and instead of like just translating word to word yes. i was you know i took more proactive like preemptive approach yeah. and mm-hmm. i asked the questions to the korean company and just to so you know really get the information out yeah the yeah negotiation and ensuring that the business yeah. talks Run mm. smoothly, yeah. But that's that's a skill in itself. It is a skill well. in itself, yeah. and we we you know you would know as well, Grace. Like you know, Australia like doing business in Australia is very different to the way you would do business, you know, in Korea or overseas. Uh, do you usually have to um, do like give either side a bit of like information? as well so they're like prepared in terms of where they're coming from as well yeah, yeah so like the cultural differences isn't it that you, you sort of do you coach each each side uh when it's necessary yes mm. um well w- when i work with um you know sort of consumer goods um, products mm, or mm. the companies they are more westernized yes, for the lack yeah, of uh, better yeah. expressions 
Um, so it is, uh, you know, and also with the generation moving mm. up, I, I understand a lot of Koreans are being educated overseas, like in Australia or in the states or the UK. So there's that change, hasn't there? Mm. And, I, and I'm sure you would have seen that cultural change. Yeah, as well. yeah. So they're more eloquent in English now, mm. and they understand a bit of cultural, you know, um, aspects and that. Mm. But having said that, yeah. Um, Corporate culture is another thing. Totally different. Mm. Yeah, totally different. So um, yeah. if necessary, I'll have to, you know, sort of meddle in <laughs> and yeah. say, yeah, you know, Australian businesses are, you know, usually like mm. this. Yeah. And to Australian companies, I say, oh, yeah, Korean companies would expect, uh, you know, their partners to do this mm. just yeah. to sort yeah. of close the gap between yeah. that, yeah. you know, culture difference. Yeah. I remember when I used to work as a lawyer, one of our clients was a Korean pension fund and um, we were doing a property deal for them. And um, I recall like the partner that I was working with didn't quite get the cultural differences because mm. um, she was very Australian. And so we, it was like a two-party transaction. So uh, two-partner transaction, let's say, and the other partner had to say to her in the lift, you can't talk like that. Mm. Yeah, so there is uh, uh, those slight nuances, mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with such a big, like, uh, government body as the Korean Pension Fund. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but the most common sort of complaints that I get from Korean companies from about Korean Australian side. businesses, yeah, um, uh. Australian businesses are we are way too laid back, you know, because oh, really? things yeah. move much at a much slower pace here. Yes, yeah, and Australia is yeah. used to it. Yes, and we mm. are not quick quick to jump on change either. Like I, I find like you can go out with probably one of the best products and um, introduce one of the best products, and it's still hard work. Mm. It's really really hard mm. work. If they don't see an immediate threat or like a problem that you know ar uh, that arise, they don't think it is necessary for them to make a change. Mm, true, mm. true. Yes, but the Korean companies are like, but this is better. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes, it is. It this is, is better. This is more we... cost efficient. <laughs> Why don't we do it this way? Yeah, yeah we and I think we are kind of sometimes culturally here can get set in our ways as well. Like you know, they might get used to something and then that's all they want. And we are an island as so, well. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're so pretty yeah. much quite far away from the rest of the world so it is true i mean fair to say that you know australians are a little bit behind mm. the game mm -hmm. in a lot of areas yeah yeah the other thing like because me and grace we were talking about this last time i came into the office was also a lot of the businesses uh, when they do come out with brands and start exporting, they tend to start first exporting to a lot to the US and the UK markets and they get used to that fast pace and and volume that by the time they swing back around to doing business in Australia, they're kind of expecting the same amount and the same pace and volume, which is doesn't happen here. 
So that's what I'm finding even with my business is when you go and, and negotiate and they come back with what their minimum, you know, what their minimum base is and you're thinking, whoa, the Australian market is way too slow to even, you know, meet that demand. Um, so do you come that like come across a lot like with that with other Almost every all the day. time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, so that's the kind of feedback that you get from the Korean businesses. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. one time I was, yeah, one time I was working for this good Korean, man, uh, you know, cosmetics cosmetics manufacturer yeah uh i personally used their brand and i liked it back then mm. um i still do um but it was extremely difficult to bring their brands here yes because what they expected was to um export a container load wow oh, okay yeah wow yeah, yeah. it's and, impossible and yeah and that was like to one person here, like to one business here to like on sell their brand. Yeah, that's huge. That is that, that is happens. a massive commitment and particularly for a new brand a, as well. A very big uh, retailer like a David Jones, Maya. But even then it's a Mecca. huge risk. Even yeah. so, yeah. 20 foot container. That's huge. That's huge. About, what? 100 units, 100,000 units? Oh, more than that. That's not to mention all the marketing you would have to put into it because you're introducing something new. A new brand. Yeah, it's it's massive. It's a massive. Even if you're a number one brand, Mm. hands down in the world, it would be still difficult to bring a container full load, you know? Yeah. Into Australia. That would be, like that, I mean. That's a shame. even, Even, I suppose, yeah, like bringing in a container like Revlon or Maybelline is still a huge risk because it's such a such a big market. There's so you know it's flooded with so many brands, so it's very very high risk to do that kind of investment into one brand. Yep. So yeah, just out of curiosity, did they end up coming to Australia? No, oh. mm, not worth well. the, the money. They they wouldn't even budge on it to go. Okay, we'll we'll send a small one, see how it goes. But here's the thing: it's not like their brands are never available in Australia. Yeah, because you know, as Just you are very import, well yeah. aware of, um, yeah. we have other channels. Yeah, um, you know, websites that do international shipping. Mm. Yeah, mm. and you know. Um, a lot of um, businesses here, especially in cosmetics, uh, um, actually bring their brands from a broker, like yes. a B2B yeah. wholesale. Mm. Mm. So um, even, you know, without working directly with the manufacturer, mm. they can still can bring still the brand. Still bring the brand yeah. in. Yeah, Does, you got both, bit do, of both. Do you frown upon that? Mm. Like it's sort of like I've heard of some like businesses and like, Chinatown area or like Chatsworth area where they might fly to Korea and then they'll buy the products there and then they'll come back to Australia and sell it in the shops. Is that an issue for Kotra? Their volume is too small. Yeah, their volume is too small for you to notice. Yeah, I mean, it happens everywhere. Yeah, it's not only, yeah, Yeah. like, you know, Koreans do that as well because it's easy. Yeah, it's easy to do that. But 
it is very improper. It is, yeah. <laughs> as a government, you know, um, just like as a person who works for a government agency, yeah. um, I so cannot endorse that activity. That, right? Yeah, you don't police it. Be very yeah. hard to police, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, be very mm. difficult. I think it's one thing where they you buying it personally for yourself. I reckon you could very easily buy at least two years worth of of mm. you know skincare mm. and cosmetics and come back and and you use it personally. I think it is a different story where you're buying it they, from there yeah, and do. then bringing it and then putting it onto your shop. But yeah, I mean, that's what, how they get around. But the thing the is, though, with those sorts of businesses. You know, there's only so much you can bring of each anyway. So when they when they get like say that lip balm, they're only gonna get like maybe two or three of those lip balms. You'd be surprised because some I've heard like sometimes like, how they bring it back. It's so heavy. Ten people, right? And then they all go with empty suitcases. They fill the suitcases to the maximum twenty kilograms. Yeah. Right. If you're talking about lip balms, how many yeah. lip balms can you fit into twenty kilograms? Hundreds. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that's how they get around the custom duties and all that stuff. If they are able to get through immigration and customs when they come it would through look the airport. Really odd though, having a whole suitcase. Like if that got opened up at customs. Um we are making a video about Beauty Expo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he and I um sort of teamed up and yeah. we are making a video. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll um send you a link once it's uploaded. Oh yeah, do, do, please do. Mm. Which beauty expo is this one? The Sydney Beauty Expo. Ah, oh, the one you two like, weeks ago. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tashi was there. Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah and I went on Sunday. Ah, oh, were you? So the experience is ah. this year was a bit of a letdown. Mm. Very small. Yeah, very small. I think it's probably one third of what it used yep. to be. So I think people are still very cautious. Mm. And I did notice a lot of people were still wearing masks. Mm. So so that that's interesting. So you're thinking, see what what, what I've noticed from the past few years is for um like for K beauty or J beauty, they'll have a few stands, but then they won't come back mm. the following year, which is a bit sad. So I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, what they expect from a you know beauty expo or trade show is very different from our expo here because mm. you know what they're used to is like a b2b event yeah. so mm. they want to expose their brands to uh, overseas buyers and mm. want to meet someone who can actually yeah. import and you know take their brands yeah. overseas yeah, yeah. yeah but here it's usually crowded with like you know be- little beauticians yeah, yeah, yeah who are yeah, looking yeah, for yes. bargains yes and, yes yeah they're not a they want serious buyers. Yeah, that's, so that's back in 2019, for. I was actually in a stand with Style Korean because I was Style mm. Korean was oh, yeah, my client. Um, yeah, so I yeah, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah, so it was really interesting because I mean, being Style Korean themselves, um, they were popular, um, and I, you know, sort of called up a lot of businesses. So um, here. Um, Suri, her name was, um, he, she is actually now in charge of a domestic team, but so she was having, you know, meetings with all these buyers, like interested buyers. And I, uh, yes, I think her name was. show this year. Uh, you mean Star Korean? Yes, a Star Korean. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, ever since, so. Um, Karen and I were like, you know, introducing and like explaining oh, okay. and selling the products yeah, to consumers. Yeah. 
And because it is, you know, like people want to buy products、yeah. at a cheap price mm, mm,、yes. rather than they want to do business、market. with them. Yeah, 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 yeah with yeah, you. Yeah. So、uh, they're looking for people、so、that can come like in and go. Show, isn't it? It's, it's not, not the proper trade show. It's no, it's like not. It's more like a consumer. Yeah. Consumer-based kind of program. They, they, so, want, they want people that can come in and go, right, I want 30 of that, 40 of that, 50 of that. Like, it's a decent, decent order. That But doesn't that's, happen at Beauty no, Expo in Sydney. No, it doesn't happen. No. Unfortunately.、Mm. So, Grace, tell us what you love about your job. I get to do a lot of exciting things, including this podcast. <laughs>、um, yeah, I'm a person with many different interests, and Kotra,、oh, yeah, Kotra <laughs>、um, has been a great vehicle for me to achieve that.、Um, so, like I said, you know, I was one day I was working in a in a At a construction site, you know,、mm. examining scaffolding systems、mm. in Australia. And another day, I would be all about Korean skincare.、Yeah. I actually、um, made a presentation at, in Beauty Expo Sydney back in 2019 about K Beauty skin routine. Oh, oh、wow. really? Wonderful. Yeah.、Uh, I mean, like, you know. Uh, the buyer who was having a stand asked、yeah. me if、mm-hmm. I could do yeah, the job,、yeah. and I was like, Oh, I wouldn't say no.、Uh, it was exciting. Yeah.、Yes. And it, you know, I was able to do that because、yes. only because I work for Kotra. Yes.、Yeah. So I guess that's definitely a plus of、yeah. working at this company. Yeah. So you got that variety of, yeah. It's Every day is a different thing. Yeah. yeah. So what I like, um, uh, Trends or industries that you're noticing that are growing in a, in the Australian market. I mean, K Beauty obviously is is one. Like particularly in the last, we would say two to three years,、mm. is really starting to take off. What are other stuff you're noticing that are slowly picking up? Um, Korean liquor. Is all another、okay. yeah industry、mm. that is booming. Wow, really? So, yeah,、uh, I mean, not because we actually made some contribution to that. <laughs> the, the local interest, isn't it? Yes,、yeah, because、so, I have seen like、mm. more like specific boutique pop stores that just sell Asian kind of like little liquors, bottle shop、yeah. type. They're not like, little; they're actually quite big. Oh,、yeah. okay. So like in in Areas that have like a high Asian concentration,、mm. even in areas where it's more white, there are some of those、mm. as well. Yeah. So,、mm. so、uh, what's the most popular、uh, Korean liquor that's coming in? Um, I mean, flavored soju is always yeah, popular. Soju,、yeah. But the other day, I was at a party. Nice.、Uh, nice. <laughs> so it was in there. It was、uh, my friend's daughter's. You know, party. So、yeah. it was very tame and <laughs> tame. you know, like、mm. yeah, very gentle um sort of picnic in the park. Ah,、yeah. uh, no, I was the only Korean there. Oh, but- you're the only Korean. See, okay. Ah, <laughs>、uh, but so, yeah. So this friend of mine. Um, so I was talking with him, and he's a mathematician. Oh, okay. No attachment to Korean culture whatsoever, other、mm-hmm. than the fact that his wife is the biggest fan of BTS. Oh, okay. I love、yes. BTS. I'm like, I cry when they make. I love、uh, BTS、yeah. too. 
I mean, they worked really hard for many they years. So, they did. Yeah, they deserve the, to have some break, I say. Yeah, so training and all the practice that you watch on YouTube mm. is just the passion and dedication that they put into that. I mean, the, the, of course they would mm. be successful, you know, if you mm. put in that much energy into something. Yeah, so I was very sad when he said they were going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. So I was like talking to this guy and then he's like, oh, Oh, and another person um, came along and three of us were talking and that we were talking about what sort of, you know, um, bee or like other mm. drinks that mm. we like. Because we have such a big bee culture. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I love bee too. So we were talking about that and then this guy, the mathematician guy said, oh, I like makgeolli. Oh, really? And I was like, how do you know Makgeolli? Is it the rice one? Yeah, yeah. the bubbly rice, you know, yeah. um, oh. drink, fermented drink. Okay. Yeah. So, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I am actually quite fond of that. And it was very interesting because it's not like I introduced Makgeolli to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. They already knew about this. They already knew about the, you know, um, drink. And, mm-hmm. and then the other person also joined our conversation saying, oh, yeah, and also I tried this brand and that brand of Korean beer and I like specifically this kind of brand because, you know, it's good with something else and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, they were very, very highly educated in it. Not that, you know, someone actually trained them yeah, to yeah, yeah. be familiar with the brands. They just... I exposed, you know, naturally at a very daily basis, like, you know, yes. at, in their daily life yeah. um, to Korean drinks. So I think some some are really into it. Like I even found with um, whiskeys and whisk, yeah, whiskey, whiskey, like whiskey, yeah, yeah, there's some people that'll be like really into, say, Japanese whiskey, yeah. you know. So I, I think if you're into a particular thing, mm-hmm. they do kind of, I think, go mm-hmm. off and explore and go, mm-hmm. okay, I want to try you know, Korean beer and I want to try mm. Japanese beer. So mm. I think they've just kind of, I suppose, themselves like ventured onto finding it. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they were particularly into the Korean like No, stuff. no, they're not pursuing just, Korean culture. Yeah, they yeah. just wanted to see what, you know, options yeah. they've got in their bottle. And, you know. So, yeah. al- so Korean alcohol is like – would you say on its way to becoming the next <laughs> thing? I mean, like you said, Australia knows what it likes, you know. Yeah. People have their own preferences and their own taste. Mm. No matter how much I love Newtowner, mm-hmm. you know, my father-in-law who loves um what does he like? Han Super Dry would yes. never give up on his Han Super Dry. Yeah. So um, in that sense, I can't say that Korean drinks will replace some Australian brand, but um, there will be a bigger part of Australians who, you know, are willing to try and keep keep drinking Korean drinks. Yeah, absolutely. So how often do you get to visit, you know, Korea? How often do you get to go back, you know, there and see your family? and Or even for business, do you get to go there for business? Mm, not in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually, 
um, some, you know, there are some training programs or sometimes we get to visit Korean, you know, clients and mm-hmm. stuff in Korea, but it doesn't happen all the time. Mm. And it, uh, it has become more difficult for us to fly mm. into Korea as well because all these like different mm. procedures to actually enter the country, mm. um, you know, like for because quarantine purposes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, and also are um, they still quite strict over there with their borders yeah so mm. you have to take either a PCR or uh, RAT mm-hmm. before you get on board mm-hmm. and you have to show uh, you know you are negative like the certificate from the testing facility yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay and then if you were to fly to Korea today would you be quarantined, re- required to be quarantined if you arrive upon arrival? That's gone. Mm. Oh, okay. But upon your arrival, you yeah. will also have to take, take another, another PCR. Another PCR. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then do you stay in quarantine until you get the results of the PCR? Yeah, you cannot go anywhere until you get the negative result. Oh, okay. So what would you do? Stay in the airport? Um. So I... I'm actually not sure about okay. that because when I went to Korea last June, oh. it was like I was actually um, able to take a test in between one, you know, first and third day mm. so after my arrival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during until I get the negative result, they yeah. keep calling. You know, they were calling oh, me okay. saying you need to take a test. You need to take a test, oh, uh, wow. and then. Um, during, until I get the negative result, I can't go anywhere but, you know, staying. Where you were yeah. staying. Okay, okay. Hmm. I would assume it's probably quite similar still, isn't it? Yeah. Well, do you miss Korea? Um. Yeah, sometimes. But I also love Australia as well. Yeah. So. Probably um, almost half of your life in Australia now, isn't hmm. it? It's kind of interesting because, I mean, Without knowing, I have been very, you know, like, you know, Australian person uh, living in Australia. But at the same time, when I go to Korea, there's so many different things. There's so many exciting things. And, you know, when you go to, like all this drugstore in Korea, you I know. will be bombarded with I all this. She was telling yeah, me about that. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Like I spend hours in them. Yeah. And there are some that are open like 24 hours, right? You're kidding. Yeah. And then I, I like to wake up early. So I like wake up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> while my husband's still sleeping because he would just die if I brought him to one of these places. And I'll go and I can't really read what's, what it is, but I can recognize the Chinese characters and I'll look at each and every product. Um, and I'll keep going every morning when I go there. It's amazing. It's, you would it's be so broke if you lived there, I reckon. Um, I don't know. I think if I lived there, it would be totally different. Be different? Yeah, but... As a tourist, I would want to buy it because it's a I novelty. Can't, I suppose I can't buy yeah. it here. Yeah, you know, like they have like so many special. Oh, that's amazing! It's like Disneyland for for me. You've yeah, only I got a twenty four hour Kmart here, and that's <laughs> as far as Disneyland <laughs> yeah, gets. Yeah. Well, Kmart fans and can spend I do like Kmart, but I wouldn't spend yeah. twenty four hours. There's not. There's not. It's not as interesting. No, yeah. it's not. No, I yeah. think yeah. When you're desperate. Yeah, when you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, when like whenever we go to Melbourne for holidays, 
and we get bored, we go to the 24 hour game mat because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> what well, what do you mean? Like, what's the one thing you miss? Like, one thing, yeah, oh, from home. Like, question. what would you miss where you're like, oh, I wish that was here? Or, um, I miss first thing i miss like korean convenience stores mm. okay okay yeah i get it yeah why is that like what's what's the difference between uh, a korean, was, korean convenience stores that's pretty special like they have all sorts of food like yeah. you can pick up a meal from there for okay. quite cheap yeah and it could and it would be a healthy option that's why you have healthy and mm. okay and they just it's like how do I say it? It's like a cross between, it's like a Coles, but struck down, isn't it? Like a mini Coles, like a mini. Like, even cosmetics in there, you can buy like clothes sometimes, like just like like a change of like a t-shirt or something. Oh, really? It's like, it's, it's very, it's the true word of a convenience, convenience. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. That they have, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a general store for sure. Yeah. Uh, plus more. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not like an advocate of convenience <laughs> store. But you bring a chain here. <laughs> Would it work though in Australia? It could. It could. I've seen like um, the Japanese Lawson version that's going into different countries as well. Oh, yeah. that would be exciting too because Japanese convenience store is like completely another level as well. Is it? Yeah. Um, but like similar concept though yeah so one time i was in tokyo i went to lawson convenience store mm. and i was just mesmerized by a selection of cheese and mm. ham that they had really yeah they had like all different cuts you know part like pastrami like and blue cheese mm. like three different kinds of blue Sounds cheese like such a luxe convenience store because all we've got here is gum and chocolate bars and energy drinks because when you think convenience store for more more too expensive because there um like there's a whole you can have like bentos like rice bentos rice bowls all sorts of things it's amazing it's like yeah and is this something like with you know it's like almost like every little area or suburb would have like their own like convenience store and as um what's the biggest chain in in korea for convenience stores uh we have many different Mm. chains um cu uh is one of them the common ones that you see the most often um and 7-Eleven, we also have it, but they're mm, different very from different, Australian 7-Elevens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, it's been too long for me. I know, you're, <laughs> so I can't really you're think craving of the, the experience now. <laughs> uh, no, 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 like I can't really think of the chains. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's yeah. okay. So, um, so I guess you can get Korean food here in Australia, right? But how does it compare to Korean food back home? Um, experience wise, it's very different. Oh, so, okay. um, in Korea, it's more about, I mean, in general, you know, yeah, like eating food is more about this experience. Yes. I mean, food itself has to be tasty. Yeah. But, um, in Korea, maybe because it's my attachment to, like, you know, nostalgic 
experiences you know that I had mm. uh, in the past but mm. it's more mm, how do I say intimate mm. like yeah you don't know the owner of the restaurant yeah. but in some restaurants not everyone of yeah. course but um you sort of like because sometimes we actually call an owner of the restaurant auntie Mm. like yeah auntie can it's i like get a respect this? Yeah, thing. yeah can yeah. you bring me this one please mm. Mm. with respect can you yeah. bring me? <laughs> mm. with mm. me but at the same time so that kind of experience and also yes. you know um it's um how do i say we have a very similar experience in Turkey as well. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a very intimate. You don't necessarily need to know the owner or the chef, or, uh, mm. but there's a mutual respect and, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean mm. from, from yeah. there. And I also from what I've seen in Asia as well. Hmm? In Asia it's the same. Like growing up in Malaysia and Singapore, we would mm. call the restaurant owners like, Auntie, mm. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you know, yeah. I also have very personal experiences in Australian restaurants and pubs. Yes. Mm. Um, but it just like it's different. Probably because I was actually you know raised in Korea as well. Mm. It feels a little bit different. Mm. Mm. So, Grace, for those business owners who are interested, you know that want to, um, you know, get some support from Kotra, like how, like. How can they go about it? Like, how can they get in touch with you or reach out? Hmm. So we have LinkedIn pages now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but probably the quickest way to um, reach out to us is through either an email or a call. Yep. And um, for Australian businesses, Yes. It is free of charge because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we want to bring, you know, Korean brands to Australia. So do they just go to the Culture website and then look for the, is there a particular email address that they can email? Yeah, there's a uh, general, um, yep, general email address, yep. which is info at Kotra, dot org dot au. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, so say, oh, I'm so and so, or my mm. business, do, uh, you know, is in this industry, mm-hmm. and yeah. I am looking for this particular product mm-hmm. or with this specifications, yeah. and we do our best to find a good supplier in oh, that area. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you, Grace. Uh, we've learned so much, and it's very heartwarming to know that. The trade relationship with Australia and Korea, between Australia and Korea, is still going so strong and growing even more. And um, thank you so much for your time, Grace. We just so much appreciate it and for the invitation to come to your offices yes, as well. Thank you, Grace. Thank, thank you, you so much. much for having me. It was very delightful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, I mean, truly appreciate you listening in. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on our website, thebeautybusinesspodcast.com and Instagram at thebeautybusinesspodcast. And on Facebook at The Beauty Business Podcast. Feel free to email us at info at thebeautybusinesspodcast.com or DM us if there are any issues you would like us to cover. 
thank you thank you and we hope you will join us for our next episode